Welcome to A Year in the Bible with Pastor Doyle Jackson. Day 164, Esther chapter 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Wow. Handling a ravenous skunk. <laughs> Day 164. When we closed yesterday, it says in Esther chapter 3, 15, the couriers went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. So they sent out this awful edict, which allows people on a certain day just to begin killing the Jews. It's almost like some movies today where we have one day of the year where everything goes wild. The whole city suddenly kind of like falls under a spell, a spiritual fog of confusion inspired by a nasty, ravenous skunk by the name of Haman. See, when a king or a leader does something like this, this edict that's been put out, it has major implications. You can't just pick up a ravenous skunk. You need to sneak up on them and trap them or you'll get bit or very stinky. It's just not good. Well, Haman's one of those people. Now, please note Mordecai's approach to dealing with the problem of Haman. Esther chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says that he began to mourn. He fasts and he prays. He seeks God. Esther, she looks out the window of the palace and she sees Mordecai and she wants to care for him. She tries to care for God's people too, yet he says, no, you've got to do more than that. So in Esther chapter 4, verse 15, Esther sent a reply to Mordecai and she says, okay, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Notice the the shift in leadership here. Mordecai has always led... Esther, he sees her as his little girl, so to speak. But now she's leading. She's instructing him. She's about to lead a nation. And she takes on the same characteristics of Mordecai. She takes on this godly worldview, this this view that God is the solution, but I have to step in on God's behalf. It's something you and I have to consider. I also love it because it implies here that she's already started her own little small group of believers within the palace. And she says, my small group's going to pray. You get the big group of the Jews to pray. Esther begins to use her training as a queen. She uses her understanding of the court rules, leadership, and influence. She teaches us that God and his people have authority, and we're called to speak to power. Haman is manipulative, and he uses lies and anger to get his way. You and I are not allowed to function like the ungodly. In chapter 6, it reveals God speaks directly to kings in dreams. So you and I should pray for the leaders of our city and our nation that God would speak to them while they're in their bedrooms. In chapter 7, it reveals that we serve under God's authority. He will direct kings to rule in our favor. 
We can speak and they will decide in our favor. Haman was judged for his actions and his heart, and we can expect the same, but it will bring God glory and honor when we trust him in this way. Chapter 8, it reveals how God turns the tables. Listen to verse 2. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman and presented it to Mordecai, and Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. We can go from sackcloth and mourning and ashes and hours or days to the king's right hand with God's help. The skunks will be removed legally and cleanly, smell and all the death averted. It's powerful. Let's pray. Lord, please use me like Esther and Mordecai. May we fast and pray, intercede for your great cause of redemption. Jesus, you are my king. Amen. It's powerful reading today. Hey, let me know how it's going. Email me at pastor at tcnd.org.